Welcome to another episode of Quarantine Diaries. Diaries. <laughs> how are you? Good. Before I talk about how I am, I want to talk about how it's strange to be recording in person. Right? It's like if I had some things to learn about telephone conversations and reflection, now I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> I see you. Do I look at you <laughs> while I talk? Also having quarantine just recently been semi-ended. And oh, I see what you're can, saying. And I'm like, how do I interact with people? How did I end? Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah. I went to a restaurant what? for the first time. A sit-down restaurant? I, I, I dined in in a restaurant for the first time since I, like even before quarantine, like when was the last time I went to a restaurant? I don't know. <laughs> um, time has no meaning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, so it was really interesting, right? So just to enter the establishment, you have to wear a mask. They took our temperature using one of those digital fr- from a distance thermometers. So I don't know how accurate the readings are on those. But then they sat us at a table that was like at least six feet apart from anybody else that was there. And the waiter and and the person that he was training were both wearing masks and gloves. Although then they kept like touching everything. And I was like, are you changing your gloves every time you go back and no, come back? No, definitely not. Because you're like, you touched my menu. You touched my plates. You, you, you insisted on boxing my leftovers for me. Like it felt very um, like, like stupid, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better word, like, like not the right kind of implementation of safety standards, I guess. Um, but it was nice. It was nice to just get out of the house and like enjoy, you know, being waited upon. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew just going out to eat was such a luxury. Man. <laughs> or like such a, such a fun thing. We, used to we just took it for granted. Like yeah. you go to a restaurant, that all this is how it happens. <laughs> like these right. are the interactions that happen in a restaurant. And yeah. all of a sudden every little thing was like, okay, maybe just don't do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, how's he, well, how is communicating? Cause I was at the store and when they have mat, you know, we both have masks on mm-hmm. and it, Part of communication isn't just body language and also reading someone's lips or at least knowing when their lips are moving so you know to tune in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I feel like the cashier said a lot of things I missed and then I was Aww. like, did you? What the, uh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I don't know. It was okay. Obviously, we weren't wearing masks. We were eating. So after we sat down, we took our masks off. Um, but... I don't know. I don't think that part of it was necessarily difficult. Like, I guess, especially at a restaurant, because like, you know, they're talking to you because they're coming to your table, you know? So like, you're expecting an interaction when they're there. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't too difficult. The girl that was being trained was a bit of a mumbler. So that, but that's just like her personal problem. It has nothing to do with masks, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just nice. It was nice to like, observe people out and like have like a semblance of what we used to have back i think just being around people having something different than eating in your kitchen every Mm -hmm. day or standing like (laughs) at your sink as i tend to do well yeah (laughs) i think variety is good and i also think it's so crazy we're having this conversation about like eating food (laughs) and it like not just because of the whole quarantine thing if the prior me would think this is just so trivial like how can we sit here and talk about the details of oh we went to the restaurant and then they wore the mask (laughs) this is how it went (laughs) 
like, and then they did this, and then they boxed by like, this is what we're talking about right now. Right. Very, very intriguing conversation. Yeah. I mean, I would think so in these times. I feel like these are the things that people need to know about. <laughs> but if you go to a restaurant, don't get a mumbler for your waiter or waitress. And yeah, just maybe not like someone so handsy in general. <laughs> well, they just, again, I guess they're trying to be like overly accommodating and stuff too. I suppose so. I mean, like in the old days, it was totally acceptable and fine for the restaurant to like take your plate and box it in the back and bring out the old days, the bu- three months ago <laughs> in the before times, <laughs> the before times, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like that, that happened sometimes. I always like boxing my own food. Cause oh, then BC, I can before COVID. Oh, uh, look at that. Okay, the I new like BC. That. Sorry. Like proceed. it, like it, like it. Um, BC1, BC2. <laughs> There's two, two, two different timelines to count now, right? BC19. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. It was just it was just an interesting intera- like moment. And it, and, and it all was like over in about an hour, hour and a half, as most restaurant interactions were anyway, right? And then we just, and then we went home and it was fine. Like everything was good. (laughs) Yeah. I went to the ortho and they did a similar thing with the take your temperature, Mm -hmm. write down if you have symptoms, blah, blah, blah. And then they're keeping track, I guess, for contact tracing purposes, which could be good because, I mean, ortho, they're inside your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not using masks at that but point. But could they, like, deny you service? Like, if your temperature is too high, could they just be like, we can't have you in here? Yeah, I think okay. they would just ask you to come back okay. when you're feeling yeah, yeah, better yeah. or not having symptoms. Right. Um, which is understandable. But I also went into work and I kind of connect to the whole thing about just being out. Like, I enjoyed just going and working and interacting with people and, and like doing things that I didn't really like doing before and I still don't <laughs> love doing but I felt like oh I'm accomplishing something <laughs> right <laughs> I oh, got something at work <laughs> yeah that's right I'm at work I sent an email <laughs> not just an email I had paperwork to file mm-hmm. <laughs> I cleaned my desk off nice so it was good to like do stuff outside of is it is it also like masks and gloves at work for you yeah so you know the I mean, I'll take it outside of just my work right now. I think the strange part of all this is there's these guidelines that are being put out, right? So yeah. step one is like, who's putting the guidelines? Is it the CDC? Is it the state? Is it them make, working together? Bah, bah, bah. And then it's like, is there clarity of communication? Who's mm-hmm. receiving it? Are the leaders of my job or your job or your city hearing it the same way it needs to be heard? Right. And then and interpreting it correctly. Exactly. Or, or, and then, or, it just, or just implementing it correctly. Yeah. So, But then I don't know that anybody's implementing in leadership positions. It's they're giving directives and passing on information okay. that this is what you should be doing. And of course, every work environment is different in every circuit. You know, like I couldn't go to the ortho and leave my mask on. They couldn't get in my mouth. <laughs> right, exactly. So you you have to take it and apply it to your unique work situation. And so I'm at a school site and they didn't have everyone come in at once. So mm-hmm. they had, you know, a schedule that people loosely committed to and like, you know. And this was just the adults, right? No students. Yeah, yeah. Okay. just the adults. The students have been coming in to return things. But there was a whole procedure for that where they would come to the door, they wouldn't come inside and, you know, social distancing in line and all this sanitizing the books and things, not touching them for a while. Um, But so the adults had the schedule. Everyone had to wear masks. Nobody's checking the temperature at the door. So there was that. Um, But the tough thing is like, you know, you wear the mask and you distance. One, you're breathing in, you know, your CO2 and after a while, like it's a little bit. 
you know, frustrating. And then, so, you know, people tend to like, okay, take it down a little bit, breathe, what have you. Right. But then also you haven't seen people in so long and these are your colleagues that you know, and some people are retiring and and they want, and they want to interact. So how do you stop human interaction? Yeah, sure. Somebody said, don't nobody's just there standing with a six foot, you know, measuring right. stick. Um, and, you know, you don't blame people because like you just some, there's some desire in us that's more powerful than, I don't know, whatever fear we should have yeah. that could keep us alive potentially. Do you think it's a little bit, and I'm, and I'm realizing this as I'm saying it, so bear with me and the lack of cogent thought here, but do you think it's a little bit of, a death wish in us like <laughs> like a little bit of that sense of like well everybody is saying keep your distance and and I, I'm just going to be damned if I don't, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I, I sometimes I get that feeling like like there's like a sense of defiance about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I want to say I hope not to the death wish part. <laughs> right. The defiance part. Definitely. It's like you tell someone not to do something and that's the only thing they want right? to do. But I don't know that most people, especially adults, I would hope are doing it in the name of defiance. I think it's I think it's layered. I think it's hard because it's an invisible thing that like you're maybe not impacted or whatever. Yeah. But after a while it becomes so normalized that you're not really even thinking about it as a thing that you should be afraid of and actively preventing, but also you get over it. Like you get tired of it and it's so easily like, it's so funny how quickly human beings, like you said, give up, right? Mm -hmm. Not a death wish, but like a, give me freedom or give me death. Like I can't wear this mask anymore. I can't wipe down. Like I'm not Lysoling everything after every five minutes. Like I was when it first started. Same, 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 same. Yeah. Boxes are coming freely into my home (laughs) and sitting on the counter. Like nobody's business. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We just, and then I'm just thinking like, is that how lazy we are? Like we can't even (laughs) be bothered. Like like literally your life is on the line, human being. And all you got to do is get this like pre-moistened sanitary wipe. Like you don't have to spray nothing. You just pull it out. Just give it one. Nope, I'm done. I can't. It's too much. It's too much work. (laughs) I think it's a mental fatigue. I think that is true. I, I think that if nothing else, this level of like tightness and guideline and restriction, um, started hurting us like mentally than than anything yeah um to the point where now like the pendulum is swinging in the opposite direction (laughs) of like you know parties be damned you know whatever it's like we there it's 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 saturday and we're barbecuing (laughs) it's happening yeah everybody Um, come over and (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i did it's a being human is Mm -hmm. a strange strange experience yeah it really Um, is (laughs) But I do think, I think it's a mental fatigue. I think you get tired of it. And I think it just repeat, like it, it comes to the give me freedom or give me death. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, you're just like, I don't want to take it too extreme because we should still be cautious and do the things and be careful. But we just get so sick of it where we're like, and I won't even say the mask and the, and the t- trivial things like that. We can keep up. Exactly. The not seeing people like that desire for connection. You don't get it for so long. And you're thinking, is this even living? Sure, I can stay holed up in my house the rest of the three years or however long it's going to take to blow <laughs> over, but that's not life. I'm not. Right. I'm not living anyway. Right. And you know, yes, it's temporary. Hopefully, and everything's temporary. Not hopefully. Right. And and you know, we want to take the precautions to protect all the people that we can and all the good things. Um, 
But anyway, I think it's just that variable mm-hmm. of like, this is not living. And after a while, our souls start saying like, I don't know, uh, I've got a bigger desire here. on the glass door, you know. <laughs> I've got a really strong desire here to sit at a restaurant and <laughs> be around other people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it's especially hard because like I'm dating during quarantine and it's like, you know, it gets to a point where it's like you don't want your all of your dates to be like within the four walls of your house, you know, like you need that sense of like, we're doing something together, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so now that the restaurants are open, we were like, you know what? Fuck it. Like an hour and a half, like we can do this. Like we wanted to do it and we did. And you know, in two weeks I'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. I know I'm fine, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So and so I, all of which to say, like, I, I bring back to like my circumstances. It's like it's hard to do the like like the life things right. that we are used to doing or that are part of life, like dating people or, you know, seeing family and stuff like it's, you know, it it gets hard to not do that stuff. Yeah. Um, af- after a certain point. I agree. So. I agree. And the, th- the thing you're talking about building connection and having different experiences, right, is novelty is key our brains release dopamine when we do new and different things so how long can we sit in front of a screen you know <laughs> hold up in our house for before our brain is just like it starts getting depressed has it has has issues of its own you know mm-hmm. illness of its own starts to develop of yeah. like i'm more lethargic my brain's turning to mush i'm not getting that stimulation of being outdoors and so i think yeah it's complicated <laughs> yeah but hopefully Man. it all works out okay. And I hope so. I mean, I have I have faith that that's the case or that will be the case. I guess, um, and not like not like God faith, just faith. You know. Yeah, um, it'll work out because it has to work out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and whatever happens, that will be working out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, whatever the out- the outcome is is going to be the outcome and we're all just going to have to live with it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that because I've always struggled. To, I think everything in life is about balance, right? It could be the Libra in me or whatever, <laughs> but um, I've always found it difficult to strike the balance in life between control and surrender. Right. So how much of it is me grabbing life by the horns and making it do what I want versus how much of I do I just sit back and let it happen? And hmm. it's a strange thing because there's some things you really can't control or make happen in certain ways. And and sometimes even when you try to do the thing and do the thing and do the thing, it ends up being whatever it was going to be anyway. <laughs> so it's like everything <laughs> right. you tried to do to not make it or make it another way was for not. Um, and again, I, I feel weird getting into this, science behind it or like questioning the stuff but i don't know i guess we're feeling in a more comfortable place as a society now maybe some of us and you know there were some studies coming out where like they're trying to fit because this is all new right the data is coming in we have to look at what actually Mm -hmm. happened and it's like did it even make a difference and i'm not saying it doesn't make a difference at all like you know numbers are going up in states if they're not doing the things but overall in the grander scheme like did all these actions that we took like what was the impact on what this situation this COVID, whatever was gonna do like or did it just do its thing in a different way like in a more roundabout or slowed down or Hmm. you know so i struggle with that because i think if the answer to that question it ends up being no it did not make a difference it's because 
we didn't act quickly and we didn't act strongly and we didn't act to- totally enough yeah. across the board. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, here, like you and me, we stayed in our homes from March 17 till May 30, right? We didn't see anybody. We wore masks. We went to the grocery store. We wore gloves. We sanitized everything. We know we were good. But unless every single one of the 8 billion people on this planet do that. Right. Which is What's never going to happen, point? which is never you know? going to happen. And it's mind boggling that we were able, maybe it's a this day and age thing, to one, tell every person on the planet about something that's happening. <laughs> which, <laughs> Has right. that ever big, happened? Big win. Big, big win for the earth. <laughs> and the mask thing. And I know it's not normalized everywhere, but it's normalized for me. I see it everywhere I go and I don't even think twice about it. And I actually went to the store with my mom who hadn't come out even, you know, for grocery and Mm -hmm. stuff. Like I was taking care of stuff and, you know, it was a little fearful and and for her, because it was like new and weird, like this is weird. People are wearing masks and all that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, people that's have what we been wearing now. masks. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are the before? I don't remember the before times. Like, it, this is all I know. Right. Is, I have my mask in my car, and it's the thing I do. I grab it and put it on before I get out of my car, and right. I don't even think about it. It's on autopilot. Yeah. So well, and what's even funnier about that? So like, your mom, you said never even stepped out until recently, right? So I have a cousin that lives in Texas, and. Um, and she's an LA transplant, like they're coming back. She's only been there for a few years. It's not like she's Texan, but she lives in Texas. And, um, we, we here, we're starting to implement the whole, you can't go outside without wearing a mask thing. And she and I were on a Skype call or a zoom call or whatever. And, um, she was saying, I see people out on the streets wearing masks and it's like, and it's terrifying. Oh, and I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Like, are you guys not wearing masks in Texas? Like, what are you saying to me right now? That's like new to them. It, yeah. It was like, it was like, like the, ju- just the cultural moment of like a week apart from each other. She was like, yeah, what, what? Like people are wearing masks now. Like, what are they doctors? And I was like, no, we're all wearing masks. Cause it's the right thing to do when you're outside. <laughs> it was like so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting. It's like a time warp almost right? where they're stuck where we were, I don't know, two months ago. <laughs> Whatever. Say. Yeah. And it, and then it makes me think of the phases of this whole process, which is exactly what I'm talking about. We didn't act quickly enough and we didn't act totally enough like, well, across the board. Not even my point though, because like that's a judgment we're making based on whatever information okay, sure. we're getting. And you know, sure, could sure, you sure. ever be quick enough? What is enough? And yeah. But yeah. anyway, not to discount what you're saying, but my point just being when this was phasing in right it was we i i don't know we all i went from like we're overreacting to denial to da, 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 to like that's weird to wear masks to like why aren't you wearing a mask you know how quickly real quick right? yeah, yeah how quickly because it was like i was the one being like and it's again it's because you know we get our information from the media and we, we, we only right. get snippets of whatever and even in the media there was people saying oh it's just a disease that's there and it's not here and it's not serious and it's just the flu and so what do we know right and we didn't see people dying left and right we don't know we don't our eyes don't see it all we have to believe is what they're giving us and so i went through the like oh it's just the flu oh they're just trying to scare us oh there's a you know all these things go through your Mm -hmm. head 
But then as it started to creep up and then you hear them saying like, oh, people at the grocery stores want to wear masks and they're being told not to wear masks because there's a balance of the whole terror thing that your cousin Mm -hmm. is talking about Mm -hmm. where we don't want to create chaos Uh and like insight, like fear in people. So they weren't even allowing people at first to wear the things, which made people even more like, well, like the whole, if you're not going to tell me not to do something, (laughs) well, if you're telling me not to wear a mask and I can't wear a mask, maybe I need to wear a mask. (laughs) Maybe it isn't fake, right? Don't tell me I can't wear a mask. Don't tell me I have to wear a mask. Don't tell me I can't wear a mask. Just don't tell me what to do ever altogether. And I will and I won't wear a mask. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if and when I feel like I want to and I need to, but maybe not. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a funny skit. I forgot the comedian's name where she says like the news media or some leader is talking about why aren't people following the protocols and like the protocols are so like backwards of like (laughs) wear it but like don't wear it but wear it if you need it but only if you're not you know and like only when you're going to these places but unless you can't (laughs) (laughs) but if you're like over 60 because it's only affecting them and then she's like no but like also if you're under 60 it might affect you too so like it's less affecting you but you still you know, so it was just this whole roundabout, like, comes back to the whole clarity of communication. Exactly. Like, what are the guidelines we're getting? What are we even supposed to follow? And maybe that's the beauty of humanity. Like, it's imper- It's an imperfect mess. <laughs> right. It's just, it's imperfectly beautiful. And it wouldn't be fun if it was. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Like, if you were playing a video game, you knew you were going to beat every level all the way through without any fuck ups. Like, would you even play it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just to make myself feel better. Because the visuals are so beautiful. (laughs) No, like sometimes you just need a win. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and my point was just like if if there was total uniformity, I'm afraid of that too. Like even going back to the whole like how did we convince an entire planet to like slap masks on? (laughs) Like we're all just not going to see each other's faces now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to have that kind of power of like everyone knows that now. Right. And like everyone's doing that. And like, how did we get here where like the whole world is doing a singular thing or is focused, if not nothing else, is focused on a singular event? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like it makes you question or, or not question in a bad way, but like wonder, like, is that the strength or the problem with social media, with like news outlets that are global or whatever? Like, you know, could it be used negatively against us to where that, that kind of influence and wide reach and power is a bad thing or is dangerous, you know? So now I'm about to get meta and like, I don't know that anything is good or bad. There could be ill intentions. But I'm just thinking grander scheme, like arc of the universe bends towards fairness right, and justice right, right. and good. And sometimes we need the contrast, the, the bad quote unquote negative things to help show us what we don't want. So we strive for what we do want. Otherwise we stay in inaction, right? right. We need something to light that fire underneath us. Makes sense. Um, but gosh, I lost what I was going to say. I think it was just about the news. And the whole global aspect. Oh, I think it's just about balance. I think I wanted to bring it back to balance because we've talked about uh, just biases and and fairness. And like, I don't think it's the fact that everyone is getting information. I think it's if few people control the narrative. So like if 
all the newscasts are giving us the information from a singular source and are not telling us the other perspective, that I think is dangerous. Because I think in those cases, because there's no absolute, there are no absolutes in life. So if someone is even well-intentioned, they're only as informed as they're informed as well. No one has all the answers. Yeah. So I think it's good to get multiple perspectives. And like, what is critical thinking? You take multiple perspectives and you mull it around. You think about past experiences. You you relate it to what you actually see in here. You compare all of that in your mind. You mm-hmm. think critically. You come to your own conclusion, right? And how can you do that if your only source of information is, is coming from a singular place? Even though there's like, you know, 10 news channels, but they're all controlled by one conglomerate right. who's telling them to save the same thing so i think that's the issue i think the issue is we just need a variety of sources of information and and that's why social media is bad right it's it's an echo chamber you choose the things that reaffirm you the things you already believe and mm-hmm. they make you believe them more and you don't even want to consider the other side and there's always another side so yeah i always think about that though like there really is no other side to truth. Like when you say that there's no absolutes, like there is an absolute truth though. And I think, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, like the, like the, the fabric of truth getting lost in favor of what we consider to be news today, which is just a bunch of opinions being shouted at us from different angles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and like, I don't ever, when I think of the news, maybe because I was born in the 80s, like, you know, like, because I'm like, because I'm a millennial and I'm not, and not Gen Z. Like, when I think of the news, I don't think of like, per, like this side and that side. I, 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 I want my news to just fucking tell me the facts. Like, this yeah. happened and then this happened and this is the law that got passed and then this and then whatever. You know what I mean? You're like, right, yeah. like, I don't want perspectives in my news. News is news, man. You know? Yeah. Our news should be news. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about, I don't know about absolutes because I try to stay away from superlatives, but I do agree that there's objective truth, which we've talked about. Right. And maybe there are absolutes. I don't know. Right. I'm not even absolute in my belief of whether or not (laughs) there are absolutes. And then we're always learning new things and our beliefs are changing. True. You know, we thought the earth was flat and some people still do, but you know, then we got telescopes and satellites and we took pictures and we're like new information. Now we have to believe the new truth based on the new, you know, information. So, oh, I and I want to bring, let's bring me back to this after what I say, what I um, respond is the whole um, changing your perspective mm-hmm. and how it ties into emotions and it hurts people too much. Okay. But um, just, yes, there should be objective truth. It shouldn't be infotainment. It shouldn't be a competition for our attention by doing the next most scandalous way of presenting this thing. Right. It should literally be mulled dry, boring, humdrum. This is what happened. Look at this video. You come to your own conclusion. Right. And and sometimes it's not even something that requires coming to a conclusion either. You know what I mean? Like sometimes information is just information. Like, and, and sometimes you might argue like, well, I didn't need to know that to go on about my day to day. Right. But then maybe the people like when you watch the news on TV, quote unquote, you assume that the level of information being presented on those types of channels is information I couldn't go on about my day without knowing. You know what I mean? But it still should just be information. Like this whole, like the way that the way that social media, like especially places like Twitter or like Facebook and stuff like have like manipulated the idea of what news and information is or should be or could be or whatever, you know? Right. It's it, it's so pervasive. I don't even think that people have seen realized that change, like or 
fit, like understood how that happened. You know what I mean? Cause right. it's just, it's just per- like invaded our lives. Yeah. And it's the way that we all consume things now. And I think this is the other end of the spectrum of the whole balance thing. Like, okay, you have one person or one small group of people controlling all the information, whatever. Let's say they're doing objective truth. I'm not saying they are. Mm -hmm. But then now we've swung total opposite direction where everyone's putting out news. (laughs) Like, we are all perpetrators of information. We're all posting, reposting, reading, thinking, putting our opinions as fact as whatever Mm -hmm. and then the other person on the other side however many people it reaches read it and take that in as a source of news of information that they're gonna base their reality on so now it's too many opinions exactly and everyone's like a newscaster and and myself included i'm guilty of like posting or reposting things without doing actual research like proper journalists would have done in the past or should exactly. still do. Right. And then people will, thankfully some people still do and would catch me. And I was like, I didn't even realize like, that's not even a fact. Like <laughs> it got a rise out of me and I reposted it and it probably pissed a whole bunch of people <laughs> off. And I was like, that person is completely wrong. Like right. where did it even come from? Exactly. Someone made it up and put it in a meme exactly. and I took it as fact. And then, and then the problem becomes, where did that come from? It doesn't matter because now it's out there and it's going to be out there forever and it's going to take people like you or the people that who who also reposted it or whatever, right, to continue to disseminate that fact or or that thing and now that thing has taken off taken on a life of its own that is completely devoid of context, devoid of the source, devoid of any meaning other than the fact that it exists. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's the other thing, the whole attention span shrinking. I think this whole snippets and sound bites mm-hmm. thing is a huge issue because context is important and you don't get context anymore. You yeah. literally get sound bites. Yeah. And you can't know you, you you know, not that even if you're not intentionally being manipulated, it's 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 a form of manipulation to only get one part and not know, you know, what was the circumstance surrounding right. that one part. Or literally you could you could take a, a, a a, a cut of a statement someone made right mm-hmm. where they're saying something positive and just take the part that makes it sound yeah. negative and then people can hate this person because they hear a thing that they said and it literally is not the sentence it's not the intent it's yeah. not what they said exactly so it's it, we're all just being played <laughs> right i know and that's that's the really um sad and like scary almost part of it like scary if you let it be you know what i mean like yeah. you can kind of i guess just try to not focus on that part of life and just try to like be good about knowing where your information's coming from for yourself and like not jumping to conclusions for yourself. And I think that helps mitigate that like on a personal level, you know? Yeah. Um, and like helps you just get through life, I guess, or through the day. But, um, but it's, it's a, it's an epidemic of its own kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And I'm thinking, do people even want, anything besides the sound bites like we love the scandal and the thing that makes it more interesting no but see that's not giving people enough credit i think i think that it it's it's almost like a chicken or an egg thing like did people ask for sound bites or did or is that all they got and now our attention spans have shrunk you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so we can regrow our attention spans if they give us i think i think that people chickens. want information i think that people are hungry for for information that's why twitter exists like people are like people are voracious consumers of information um and it might take you a week to read it to read a 10 page article you know mm. but so let it take a week for a week voraciously vor- voraciously consume that article you yeah, know yeah but things are happening so fast 
I know that was like a bad example, but like, you no, know, what I'm I don't think it's a bad example. I just thought that's another variable of like quick, that's fast, true. move on to the next thing. True. So we, I don't know. We, do we need to slow down? Do we slow down? Can we slow down? The Quibi oh. model. <laughs> I don't know this. You, you don't know about Quibi? No. The streaming platform that gives you like episodes of things in like five to 10 minute chunks. It summarizes it for you? No, it's a it's a streaming platform with original content uh-huh. of shows where the episodes are five to ten minutes long because that's like your attention span. Or like, oh, I have five minutes to kill in line at the bank. I'll watch an episode of a fucking TV show. Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah. Let's not get started, but also <laughs> let's get started. I We talked about doing things mindfully, monotasking people, monotasking. And I think it was an episode with you where I talked about just eating an apple. Oh, yeah. And that is all you are focusing your attention on and you're actually tasting the apple and i saw a meme and it reminded me of you about how and not just you but a lot of people right the whole thing about meditation it's uncomfortable to sit still because then our thoughts come up and that's what we're most afraid of and i'm not saying that's why the person in the bank is like watching the thing Mm -hmm. but i cannot handle that you can't stand in line like it's an active thing you're in line you're thinking about your and and you need a second like stimulation because it's too boring to stand there for two minutes first of all why are you in line at the bank (laughs) there are online banking and atms so if you're going inside i'm assuming your older generation which i guess even they're caught up with the technology (laughs) short intention span but i was gonna say maybe they don't get bored i I think there's a limit to how much you can deposit in an atm so if it's like a large amount me well i'm just saying clearly i'm not in line at the bank depositing a large enough amount for me to need a five minute episode of whatever show is on quibi yeah that's the real problem is is that you are missing out on prime quibi content because you're not making enough money to step into a bank exactly exactly I don't have, a, I don't want to say time for Quippy, but. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them hear you say that. The episodes will get shorter and shorter. Wait, can we get on Quippy? I don't know that we can shorten our it's, one hour long It podcast. seems like they're just giving platforms to anybody on that thing. So sure, we should try to sell something to Quippy. All right. All right. You'll find us on Quippy soon, people. We're going to manifest that. So people in line at the bank <laughs> yes. have something can meaningful. Hear, can hear the good word. Can have something meaningful to listen to. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. All that aside, the I don't know what else. You wanted to talk about the emotions yes. and hurting people. Do we want to talk about emo- hurting no. people? No, that's not what you said. You said how that sometimes can hurt people. <laughs> I don't, no, for the record, I don't want to talk about hurting people or they're hurting their emotions. See, now out of context, I sound like a monster, right? <laughs> or out of co- or in context, I sound like a monster. You know, if I don't get to... Uh, you've fallen into my I trap. I hope you listened. Ooh. I hope you listened past what she just said. I hope you're here with me now but now i'm just arguing against something that makes people probably think more he is a monster because why is he getting so defensive How dare you disagree with a woman no, oh that's it now you're giving them more evidence oh goodness okay i'm gonna stop digging oh man i'm gonna stop letting you dig okay you're right i should i, I should shut up now <laughs> no oh and now are you telling me i'm telling you to shut up <laughs> <laughs> don't oh, make jokes see, like are, this these are the passive aggressive tactics of a woman scorned 
<laughs> Listen, I just want to put out to every person out there, I won't put a gender on it, do not make jokes like this without someone who you've established yeah. firmly with you have a relationship with that you've years in the making of like both of you have full faith and trust that you mean well on the other person and you've worked through a lot of disagreement. Well, not only that, but but that we like speak each other's sarcasm, you yeah, know? True, like, true. Like, like, you know when I'm being sarcastic. Essentially, if you're not the same person as the person in front of you, like right. we have morphed into. Right. <laughs> Don't attempt to make that joke because you That's could. Very, you could. Very true. To go circle back, you could hurt the other person's emotion. <laughs> See, now you talked about it. There you I'm go. <laughs> it was about tribalism but I'm going to come back to that. I don't even come back to tribalism if we don't get there. Okay. People have a hard time changing their opinions, I think, because it hurts <laughs> to be wrong. And okay. it, I think it starts with school. Like I used to do a lot of things and I used to be, you know, get good grades, be good at stuff, whatever. I, I used to be very meticulous about like my facts and stuff. I wouldn't just splurge stuff out whatever blurt stuff out unless I knew so there was a lot of times I was right is my point and I don't mean that in like oh I was better than everyone it was just maybe I was choosing my facts or not engaging in things that I didn't know right not the point when I started to be wrong venture out and do make mistakes and like be okay with it more I felt the pain of what it feels like to be wrong right and I thought oh gosh like Imagine being a person who's always been told they're wrong or always has been wrong more often. Mm -hmm. This is all they felt or they felt this a lot and it sucks after a while. So for me to be like, oh, why aren't people, because I used to say, why aren't they okay with learning from their their mistakes? Why do they just deny it and like keep repeating it? Like they reject the fact that they even did. Yeah. I couldn't understand the pain that they were feeling because I hadn't felt that pain of like, it doesn't feel good. And we can get into the whole why it doesn't feel good. I think we're like tied up in our ego and ourselves. Mm -hmm. we invested in being right if i'm not right i'm not lovable if i'm not right i'm lesser than right like your right or wrongness doesn't um determine your worth as a human being Mm -hmm. but i think we've been convinced somehow that it does or it's tied together well also because when you're right you get positively affirmed for that you know what i mean so we've conditioned each other right i think so you know there's a lady gaga quote or lyric in one of her things she says the only prisons that exist are the ones we put each other in Mm -hmm. and we do like we intentionally unintentionally consciously subconsciously through behavior through words through actions box each other in and, and shape how each other, we, we allow each other to express themselves and act because of how we react, right? Mm. And so I guess what you're saying is like the whole negative, uh, I'm losing my train of thought. No, Come no, no, in no, no, just stay on your train, you're fine. Okay, so point being, it hurts when you're wrong and I think that is why people don't like taking in new information and potentially changing their mind and coming to a new conclusion because then what would that say about right. themselves? Because then you have to, to admit that you were wrong right. before. Right, right. And it's not even so much that like the thing that the other person might, like how you're seen in the other person's eyes, it's what you're assuming that the other person might see as you, as lesser than, as dumb, or what have you. Right. And you can't have that because that hurts you. And so I just think that... It's not that we don't want new information. I think it's I think it's emotional pain that we avoid. It's the pain. It's that icky feeling inside that happens when we're wrong that just shuts us down. And I think emotions drive behaviors. I mm-hmm. really believe that. And so unless we can come to the root of like, where is the emotional pain? Where is the hurt? Where is that coming from? And we can heal that, 
then we can move on to like, oh, now I can be rational and above my ego and better than that part of me, that small part of me、mm-hmm. that's saying, that little kid that's like, don't, you can't, you know, it hurts too much, and say, I was wrong. And that's okay. And I can learn this new thing. And it doesn't change who I am as a person. It's、right. just a belief. I'm growing. And that's exactly, and it's a good thing that I'm learning and growing. Right. I think, you know, in a weird way, I think that that. Is like, you know, you know, when people, especially like during commencement speeches from celebrities, they're always like, don't be afraid of the failures because that's what leads you to success or whatever. I、yeah. feel like it, that's that sentiment. Like, I think that like what people are trying to say when they say that is <clears throat> when you are being negatively, you know, reinforced for being wrong or doing something incorrectly or whatever, don't let that stop you from continuing to try to. Get to the point where you're gonna do something correctly and then get that positive affirmation, you know? But I also think that that speaks to like a larger like societal issue where there was a there was a teacher on、um, on teacher tournament Jeopardy recently who, during her little like interview section, was saying how in her classroom and like all her kids know. In her classroom, anytime anyone makes a mistake, including herself, any one of the students, or another teacher, or whatever,、um, if when somebody makes a mistake, they all cheer and applaud and clap.、Mm. Because she wants to like, have a positive affirmation reaction、right. to you made a mistake. That's great. That means that you're going to learn something from that. And then next time, like, you won't make that mistake again.、Right. And that's a good thing, you、right. know? So, there's a whole concept that's not very new in the education world, but it's called growth mindset, right?、Mm-hmm. And the growth mindset versus fixed mindset is a little bit about that. It's like mistakes cause you to learn and grow. And people who have, fi- I mean, there's a whole research around like r- affirming a kid's just intelligence, quote unquote, actually does them a disservice because when you tell a kid, you're so good, you're so smart because they got a straight A or whatever,、mm-hmm. then they don't actually try more challenging things because they're afraid to venture outside of the thing that's going to get them the positive information.、Mm. But when you、um, affirm the behavior, you tried hard, you overcame that obstacle, you worked towards it, you made that mistake, but you kept going. Those kids, even when they get the lower grade or whatever, will choose. They've done experiments.、Mm-hmm. They'll choose the more challenging thing the next time because it's invigorating and it's exciting and a、right. challenge is a part of and life. And they're going to get an accolade one way or the other. And so if that's what you're going for, you know, you'll,、yeah. you'll get it. Well, it's like the video game, right? It's like, do we want the video game where you're going to pick the easy level that you know all the answers to and you're just going to keep getting good at it? Because I'm not、and、getting then, good at it. You're just good you're at just it forever. Get,、right. Or do you want the one you want to level up? You want it to get harder. You want the challenge, right?、Mm-hmm. So I think. You know, we have to start to reaffirm, reaffirm the whole growth mindset thing, which has been happening in the education yeah, world for yeah, quite yeah, a few、yeah. years now. And I'm glad to hear teachers are,、um, you know, going that direction. And it, it comes from the teachers' growths too. Right. Right. We had to become our,、uh, aware of our own conditioning as kids, of like, you know, you、mm-hmm. hear so many times adults saying, well, it worked out just fine for me. It was <laughs> when I was a kid, they did it this、mm-hmm. way. And it's like, Number one, did it. <laughs> right. And number two, even if it did, doesn't mean it has to be the same way. Like, it doesn't mean、exactly. it can't be better for the next generation.、Right. So, you know, we're all learning, we're all growing.、Yeah. And I think it's great. But I just, again, it's the emotional pain. I think mistakes I know, cause I, I think hurt. That's a, that, I think that's an interesting thing, especially, you know, in, this, in today's climate where so much of the conversation is about like, open your mind, observe. The world as as it is, you know, like, like look at your neighbor, look, look at, look, look at your nose that's right in front of you, you know.、Um, 
And I think that in, in doing that, th- there is an uncomfortableness for a lot of people, you know, like because you're you're having to confront the fact in addition to what's going on, the fact that you didn't know about it or that you ignored it or whatever, you know, or, or that you had an opinion about it that was not the right, there's no such thing as the right opinion, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I think it's really important to continue to like, remind ourselves like a mantra almost like it's okay to change your mind it's okay to like learn from 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 a mistake and do do it differently or whatever you know and i'm arguing the deeper thing is how do we get comfortable being uncomfortable because it's in that zone that growth happens and we're so uncomfortable when we're uncomfortable that we'll do anything to not be uncomfortable okay but so but but do we want to say be uncomfortable being uncomfortable or just be comfortable because because what because if because if you're approaching life and you're coming at whatever thing that you're doing right whether it's work or relationships or anything out of school whatever you know like if you're coming at life from an approach of openness and willingness to to learn and to grow then there's nothing, there's no other to that. You know what I'm saying? Like then whatever comes your way, you will take and you will be challenged and you will adapt and you will learn from and you will grow from. Uh Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like don't even look at it as discomfort. Look at it as opportunity for growth. Right. Yeah. I guess my point was it coming from like the emotional aspect of like, personally speaking it just it does feel uncomfortable growth does do a thing inside you that can be cringy and not the best (laughs) feeling thing but if we could get to the point that you're saying that's like next level (laughs) it's like not even we're all just like living the best life (laughs) (laughs) and we're all just evolving and becoming more conscious and yeah yeah all our problems are solved (laughs) Um, Uh, what a world yeah Well, on that note, yes, yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we went, we went, whoa, full one eighty on that one. But that was a good, that was a good one. That was good. Stay safe, stay good, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Yep. Bye.